Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. This program is sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. The Sabbath, what exactly are we supposed to do with this one day a week that God blessed? On today's broadcast, we hear from Dr. Jennings as he presented Truth in Love to the attendees of a seminar that he held a few years back in Allen, Texas. His subject of this day, the Sabbath. Let's listen. I want to talk to you about the Bible Sabbath, an aid to human healing. But when you hear about the Bible Sabbath, did you cringe? Did you get a little like, uh, I don't know, is this going to be one of those like legal things? Because as soon as we say anything, what's the first question you ask? What law lens are you looking through? What law lens do you understand Sabbath through? The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Jesus' words, not mine. Does that mean that the Sabbath was made for the Jewish people, not the Jewish people for the Sabbath? Or was it made for humankind? Remember the Sabbath that he but holy, six days the Lord created. There's something going on here. Something about God's creatorship. That message that we are to worship him who made. There's something going on here. How is the Sabbath understood through design law? God spoke through Moses and said, you must observe my Sabbath. This will be a sign between me and you for generations to come that you might know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. Who makes us holy? The Lord makes us holy. The Sabbath is, is somehow a sign on God's process or evidence or methods or principles or practices that make us holy. Now, let me ask you this. If you have an orgy of pagan worship on the Sabbath, have you made it less holy? If you have righteous living on Sabbath, have you made it more holy? Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Are you actually changing the holiness of Sabbath by your behavior? So are we keeping the Sabbath holy or are we keeping ourselves holy? And can you keep yourself holy one day in seven? And I saw some discomforting looks. That was my deal. That was the rule that I was taught. I have to do this, avoid all that bad stuff one day in seven, and the other six days are mine to party. <laughs> that is imperial law, think. I can't do this after sunset on Friday until sunset on Saturday. The TV goes off, this goes off, the ball game goes off, uh, da, 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 and the list goes on. But once the sun sets on Saturday, i got six days to do all that stuff. Can we really be holy one day in seven? So what is the purpose of the Sabbath? It is a sign, a flag, a mark, a pennant, a banner, a flare, an attention seeker, a resource for your healing. How did the Sabbath become a day of rest? A day that is hallowed or sacred. It became that way by its creation. It was constructed, designed, built, created by God in this way. 
what was happening the week that the Sabbath was created. Remember, Jesus' own words, the Sabbath was made for man. Some of you may have the idea that because the Sabbath is in the Ten Commandments, and you have this idea that God's law is eternal, that the Sabbath has always been in existence. The Sabbath has not always been in existence. The Sabbath was made for man. The Sabbath is measured by the rotation of this planet in relationship to that sun, which didn't exist until day four of creation of this planet. The Sabbath was made, created, built, constructed for man, for humanity. Because what was happening in the universe the week that the Sabbath was made, the week that humankind was made, there was already war in heaven. Satan had begun a campaign to undermine trust in God. The uh, Revelation text that says there was war in heaven, the word is polemo, from where we get polemic. It is not a war of physical might. He didn't get tanks or artillery or flaming swords or, or lightsabers. He used words. He's the father of lies. He told lies about God to infect minds, to incite rebellion, to undermine love, to break trust. Satan alleged that God is arbitrary. God's laws are imposed, rules requiring punishment. God responded by giving evidence of how he runs things, by creating a new planet and solar system. By the way, many people get confused when they hear the astronomers and the, and the evolutionists talk about how the universe is billions of years old, and, and Christians say, well, the earth is maybe six, ten thousand 10,000 years of old. That's because there's confusion, because Genesis 1 does not teach creation of the universe. If you read Job chapter 38, you will read where it says that the sons of God or the angels in heaven sang together for joy when the foundations of the earth were laid. If the angels are singing for joy when the foundations of earth are laid, what does that mean? They already exist. They were already alive somewhere. And so Genesis 1 is teaching terraforming and creation of our solar system. And on day four, let us create the sun, moon, and stars, the stars of the solar system, Mercury, Venus, Mars, the brightest stars we see at night. This is what's transpiring. So God responds because there is a question about how he runs things. So let's make us a microcosm where everybody can see and the earth was created to operate in harmony with God's design. A world teeming with life, everything ecosystem operating, everything giving to others so that life can continue from the oxygen cycle, the water cycle, to the pollination cycle, to all the various circles built around this whole planet. And Adam and Eve was given dominion to govern. And after God finishes creating and giving this evidence, he says to the universe, universe, you've heard the allegations against us. You've seen the evidence that we've just given. Now, universe, I rest my case. Take 24 hours aside. Consider what you've seen. Come to your own conclusion. No coercion. No pressure. I give you freedom to choose. What does it say about God that in the context of a war over His right to rule, rather than using power to force, to coerce, He instead creates a day of freedom for people to think. Day one through six of creation week, we learn God is powerful. 
That's what we learn. He's powerful. Do you understand? We take a few grams of matter and we turn that back into energy. That's a nuclear explosion. That's how much energy is just in a few grams. How much energy, how much power did it take to create this planet, this solar system, our sun, set it in order and organize it to operate the way it does and then create life on this planet? Do you understand the incredible amount of power that was displayed that week? And you can imagine the liar using that opportunity, looking to the unlooking universe and said, guys, I never said he wasn't powerful. I said, you can't trust him with the use of the power. He coerces, he threatens, and that's what he's doing now. He's flexing his muscles, he's intimidating. He's telling you, if you don't get in line and do it his way, he'll snuff you out and he can replace you with a new intelligence anytime he wants. He's powerful for sure, but he's not trustworthy. And that's when God says, universe, you've seen the evidence. I rest my case. You're free. No coercion, no pressure. The Sabbath is a sign. Consider the flag of the United States. We don't have one in this room, but if we had a flag of the United States, the flag of the United States, it's known all over the world. Anywhere in the world you go and you see that flag, you know what it represents. It represents the United States of America. And everyone in the world knows it. Is the flag the United States of America? It is not the United States of America. It is simply a sign. It's a flag. It's a pennant. It's an evidence. It's a representation. It's a symbol of the United States. It is not the government of the United States of America. The Sabbath became a day of worship by design, by creation, and it stands as the sign or evidence of the Creator who presents truth, revealing it in nature, writing His laws into things, in love, and leaves people free. That's what the Sabbath reveals. You understand, if God were actually the kind of being Satan alleges he is, there would not be a Sabbath because we would not have freedom to think. We would be compelled or coerced. And so the Sabbath stands as a sign, an evidence of God's character of truth, love, freedom. Sunday became a day of worship, and any theologian from any denomination will tell you it became a day of worship through legislation. The church met in council and voted this day as the day the church will recognize as a day of worship. And thus, the Sunday represents imperialism, not design law, but imperial law, not creator's kingdom, but human law kingdoms. That's what it represents as a sign. Now, if you think about the flag of the United States, does that mean any, everybody who wears or waves that flag is loyal to the United States? I don't know if you know, but in World War II, enemy soldiers would don American uniforms with the U.S. flag to infiltrate U.S. lines to cause trouble. They were wearing the American flag. They were not on the American team, and they were not supporting the American government. Just because someone waves the Sabbath flag or goes to church on the seventh-day Sabbath does not mean they're representing the kingdom of God. Think about the Jews who put Christ on the cross. They wanted him down by sunset so they could keep the Sabbath of the God they just killed. Observing the Sabbath doesn't mean you're on the team. People who worship on Sunday but practice the methods of God's kingdom, they present truth in love for other people, and leave other people free, they're Sabbath keepers. 
They're waving the flag, even though they don't realize it, because the flag represents those principles of God's kingdom. It's a sign of the kingdom. These two days represent two governments, two methods of ruling, either creator ruler with design law, truth, love, freedom, or imperial human law, coercive, compelling pressure, punishment, legislative. It's about two systems of governing, two types of law, design versus imposed. And the days are connected directly to their origins as days of worship. Thus they stand as the representation or signs or flags of the two types of government. And it's the two types of government you align with that really matters. So the final message is, is about the truth about God as creator, whose character is love and whose laws are design laws. It's about freeing people from the enslavement of a beastly imperial view of God. Thus restoring in people God's law of love written into their hearts, minds, and characters. The new covenant experience. I'll write my law on your hearts and minds. That's what God wants to achieve. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm going to be looking at the Sabbath differently from now on. Thank you, Dr. Jennings. We'll continue with this series called The Power of Love on our next broadcast. Until then, be sure to check out the resources that are available to you at comeandreason.com. This program was sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. Until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. <music>